It's irrelevant, the divide between cultures, if creativity is at the heart of the conversation. The future audience is not only watching, they're contributing, they're co-creating, they're engaging, they're living in it. They have to participate and co-create. The world beyond. Emotion is of tomorrow. Brought to you by Michelle Mack. Hello and welcome back to my podcast, The World Beyond the Emotion Years of Tomorrow. I'm Michael Mark and today I'm joined in person here at Studio 78 at Europa Park by two truly special guests, Sir Richard Taylor and Roni Abovitz. Great pleasure, Michael. Great to be here, Michael. We just met a couple of days ago in Annecy and I'm thrilled and honored that you, um, during your trip through Europe, came uh, by to see Europa Park. Uh, you, Richard, been here many years ago with your family and um, I'm thrilled to show Ronnie also our little magic kingdom, so to say, of the Mark family. And um, I thought while visiting Europa Park, why not talk about the world beyond the emotion years of tomorrow? So we come in from New Zealand, Germany, and America. Um, if I may start with you, Richard, tell me a little bit about why are we sitting here together? Well, you know, I think the fact that you called out those three countries, cultures apart, it's irrelevant where in the world you are. If you're united by the love of imagination and creativity, you still come together with a uh, collective intent of doing something, of conversing, of brainstorming, of creatively conjuring up new things. You know, I work in a number of different countries around the world, specifically China, but also Korea. We've worked in Australia, uh, the US a lot, etc. It's irrelevant, uh, the divide between cultures if creativity is at the heart of the conversation. And uh, it's what uh, introduced Roni and I to each other. It's what keeps our friendship exciting, dynamic. It's what's brought us to Europe. And of course, even in the last 24 hours, you, myself and Roni have already conjured up a thousand things we could be doing in our futures. And uh, it just washes away any uh, differences that we might have in other spheres as long as the conversation is uh, born out of imagination and um, rooted in creativity. Maybe we can dig in a little bit about your profession for those who don't know you. Obviously, you're world-renowned as the founder of the Wita Workshop, and the people who don't know you, you did more than 80 films among The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit Trilogy, and King Kong Avatar, to just name a few. Maybe you could describe to our listeners a little bit what you do every day and what uh, your world in on the other side of the world is. Yeah, I have the great fortune of working with a bunch of friends and colleagues to conjure up wondrous and wild worlds that we then get to build and fabricate through handcraft skills helped out by robotics. And it, uh, it doesn't get better than that. We world build, we design, we fabricate across a broad spectrum, armor, weapons, creatures, miniatures, prosthetics, props, costumes, vehicles, but we also do digital gaming. We uh, run our own location-based experiences. We build location-based experiences for people around the world. We have a tourism offering in New Zealand, and uh, we sell consumer products through 
our Weta Collectibles business. So lots and lots of fun and amazing things. The one thing we haven't done yet is build our own theme park. And so it's amazing being here at Europa Park. And just like last time I visited, it gives me huge inspiration to think about doing something similar one day in the future. Excellent. Uh, so coming to you, Ronnie, um, traveling all the way from uh, Florida, we've been meeting each other together with Richard when you still um, headed up a company called Magic Leap. And by listening to your story at dinner last night, which was very inspiring, I would um, call you a technologist, a visioneer. Maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit who you are and why are you traveling with uh, Richard um, to our lovely Europa Park? Yeah, very quickly, I studied um, mechanical and biomedical engineering. I started um, a robotics company called Mako Surgical when I was in college. It's now used all over the world and done over a million surgeries using very unique robots inspired by Leonardo da Vinci that uh, created the idea of haptics, digital touch, and surgery. Because of that project, I was also imagining doing something highly creative, not just technical or, or medical. And I came up with a project called The Hour Blue and reached out to Richard and his team as a friend of robots, and they responded back that Weta 2 was a friend of robots. Um, and that began a really interesting journey where we've not only helped create a new IP, a story world we call Hour Blue, which is why we were in ANSI last week, but the side project was creating a new technology company called Magic Leap, where we help uh, really invent and bring forward the world of spatial computing and augmented reality which has now become one of the most important pushes in computing next to AI. So that's a little bit of my background. And um, I'm wondering, our Blue, you were mentioning it, uh, you um, announced it at NSC, the beautiful film festival in France. For those who haven't attended your presentation, um, give us a little glimpse of that world you obviously have been uh, creating together with Richard. Yeah, the Hour Blue is a project um, we've been working on with Weta, created many thousands of pieces of art, our first animated short film. It's a story world project, first and foremost, and the way, maybe for the listeners, how we think of a story world. And being here at Europa Park is very appropriate. I was imagining what happens after film, after books, after art, what is that new container? What does that look like? And I thought a world of stories all interconnected becomes this higher order thing. Uh, and the hour blue became that. We called it the hour blue because it follows the magic hour. The magic hour is that golden hour of perfect lighting, you know, right before day becomes night. But the blue hour, the hour blue, is where worlds collide. And in almost all religions and mythologies, they talk about this moment where it's not night, it's not day. You can't really see the sky and the earth, the ocean and the sky blur together. Um, and I thought it's very appropriate for our time today where we have AI and computing and the line between people and machines is blurring, intelligence is blurring. And it felt like we were moving into that. So that's how I, I thought about that. We're building a whole parallel world that we see that playing out, what happens and how do we stay human and how do people live in that future world? And that was the core of it. When I was um, listening to you in Annecy, somebody asked you, why our blue and why not blue hour? Maybe you can spot that one to the listeners. Yeah, because um, it's our, the, the O-U-R, the, the all collective. I wanted to create something that 
would be a really cool, rich story world built with amazing artisans and creative people like uh, like our friends at Weta who've been part of the project from the beginning, but that the world could also collectively embrace it, that you can give a story and people can participate and contribute to it. Because I really believe the future audience is not only watching, they're contributing, they're co-creating, they're engaging, they're living in it. Uh, it's no longer a one-dimensional, you simply send a signal to them, they have to participate and co-create. So I thought the idea of our blue all together would be really neat. And I was fascinated by the story, how you get to meet Richard and uh, to get a little bit of a link of the three of us together. I mean, maybe you can uh, just quickly talk about why did you choose um, Richard to be part of that? When did that happen? And um, maybe from you, Richard, um, tell us a little bit that he actually worked on an IP called Dr. G together with uh, Roni in the years from 2009, I believe. So let us yeah. know how you met each other and why actually are you working together? So my perspective, um, moving from building robots, which were inspired by film, like the robots I built at, at Mako were inspired growing up as a kid by robots like R2-D2 and 3PO from Star Wars. I wanted to make those real uh, and, and the medical droids from Star Wars real. So I was thinking, who in the world understands this idea of, of being inspired by movies, making something real, and then creating new movies and new world building? And on the planet at the time, I thought Richard and his team were, might be the only people on the planet who could understand this thought. And I was worried that I would never hear from them again. And I was just surprised that I heard back that Weta 2 was a friend of robots. And they invited me down to Wellington, New Zealand, which felt like traveling to another planet for me coming from the United States. The whole journey was like... I think two and a half days. I, th I remember leaving on a Sunday morning and getting into Wellington Tuesday afternoon. But that journey was amazing. And Richard became a really good friend. And the Weta Workshop team adopted me. And I think we've been working on cool things together since. So from your side, Richard, uh, let me know what fascinated you about Ronnie when you get the call back. And I think it was 2-9. Yeah, it was. You know, we're inspired by inspiring people. We want to work with visionary people that are thinking differently about the world. You know, we, we want to bring originality into the world through our work. We don't want to just regurgitate what others have done before. And as service providers and as creative collaborators, it's our desire to always try and find people that uh, will go on inspirational journeys with us, lead us, um, come with us and possibly be inspired by us. We've been very, very fortunate to work with some of the great filmmakers of the world and some of the great creators of the world. And uh, when Roni, uh, when we got together on the phone, it became immediately evident that Roni was of our ilk and we were of his and uh, that's the most inspiring thing. It's no different than when we met you at IAPA in Florida and uh, we were introduced and within, I would say, two minutes of meeting, we knew that we wanted to get together and hang out again because uh, you kindly very quickly invited me to come and visit you because uh, our shared similarities of interest and more importantly, the heightened level of aspiration for what we might be able to do together in the future was um, 
forefront. And, you know, we, to the listeners, Michael and I have just signed a contract. Now we've got the opportunity to do something with Michael, which is incredibly thrilling. So from that briefest of conversations, but more importantly, being aware that that conversation might lead on to something creatively inspiring. Here we are today having this podcast, having just signed a contract for another new uh, creative engagement. Excellent. So if you want to hear more of the backstories, if you want to know what Ronnie did in his life, um, or what we've been speaking the last two days, uh, tune in to my podcast, The World Beyond the Emotioneers of Tomorrow, next week. Michelle Mark presents The World Beyond Emotioneers of Tomorrow A Mac One Production